0: get in the know non-stop vikings talk it's purple daily on score north and ScoreNorth.com.
1: dude the rhino might be back bro football
0: hey you held him the 20 points man you gave us a chance at the end but i got three words for you you like that <laughs> That was the second one. That was the second one after the Saints. The first one was the Tampa, the Tampa comeback with Washington. Yep. And then uh, then we got the, the playoff game against the Saints. And then we got our third iconic you like that moment in Kirk's return to Washington, Booney.
1: It's making a resurgence. It's back.
0: It is. Uh, I, think, um, I think we might get a couple more before the season's over, too we might I think I think old Kirky boy is feeling himself after a 7 to 1 start. He's wearing like I don't know, $75,000 worth of diamond necklaces with his shirt off, showing off the eight pack on the Going team crazy. flight after the game. Right. <laughs> uh it is it is Kirk Vember and we are uh we are all along for the ride.
1: How do you feel about that?
0: Uh I myself am starting to Put Kirk Cousins up as my favorite quarterback in the NFL right now. I love every, I I told this to Judd and Declan earlier in the week. And by the way, we'll get to, uh, if you're new to the show here, this is Trenches with Boone on Purple Daily, 10 plus year NFL vet. This dude played in the Super Bowl, played for the Vikings. Um, He's played 73 games with the Vikings now in like five years, including two playoff games. Mm -hmm. Sunday was my favorite Kirk Cousins performance. Because you know, it wasn't his necessarily like his best performance or like best statistical performance. You know, he'll he'll go out and throw for you know three twenty five and three touchdowns, no interceptions at home against the Lions or something. But he goes on the road, his old stadium. He's getting punched in the mouth by a great pass rushing defense. They're down by ten in the fourth quarter. He throws right. a pick to end the first half on a 50-50 ball, and they're chanting and mocking him with, you like that, you like that. So all this adversity, and he overcomes it in the fourth quarter. He, stand, he got knocked out with an injury at one point for a play, just got smoked on a deep pass. We'll look Schmoud. at that one, too. Schmoud. So I just I kind of love that he got in the boxing ring, got knocked down a couple times, and and just dusted himself off, put the mouth guard back in, put his dukes back up, and... And they won the game. So I just, I love the, sort of the, the the Kirk that can overcome things is the one that I want to see more of. Yeah. And he's been he's been doing it a lot this season, Booney.
1: Which is great. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it's one of those, uh, it's not a pretty win, but it's a win. And like you said, it it kind of characterized the fact that he can take a few shots and still kind of get in there. Like when he left the game and they brought in his backup, I was like, man, I wonder... Uh, I wonder how long he's going to sit out for. And then they kind of showed him on the sidelines right away, like getting super antsy. And it was like, man, you know, he's been taking a lot of shots today from the interior, which we kind of talked about, but um, for him to be able to come back in that game. And he kind of stayed, like the whole game, he seemed like he was in it. He took a little nasty shot in there, which in the ribs, you know, that would suck. Like that you don't want to eat that, but to come back, like you said, and it wasn't pretty. I think it just shows that a win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get it. You know, you're going against a Taylor Heineke Washington Commanders team who really just kind of have been laying in the weeds and secretly their defense has been playing really well. And yeah. I think that this is one of those like slug matches that we had talked about. Remember last week we talked a couple times and I was like, dude, this could be a slug match. Like, you know, Taylor's going to be a little amped up because he's play player and then Jerron Payne and then you got uh Alan on the other side who have just been wreaking havoc and it was like if you can figure those two guys out it's your game to be had but for the most part i think that was so cool about it is like the defense is really showing up that pick by harry for some reason just just standing out to me and it's like in crucial situations they come up with big plays and i don't know how you characterize that and when you're on the team you're kind of just like you feel like you're lucky at times but then when it continues to keep happening you're like maybe it's just fundamental football I don't know. Maybe it's just me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the defense to me carried this team this last week because it just seemed like they were the ones that were holding. I mean Taylor, that ball, and I I can't wait to break this down because being triple covered <laughs> to just throw that ball a true like whatever that was, that was an he's epic got pass. it. <laughs> Even Taylor knew when he threw that he was like, "There's no chance this kid's catching it." But like other than that, you go into this game and and the defense to me just stood out and they look really good. And they're coming up with clutch plays and Kirk's kind of turning into this tougher quarterback who can go out there and take these shots and still just deliver. And at times the run game gets a little spastic on me, but for the most part, it's one of these teams. It's just people are still counting out. And I'm not sure why, probably because they're like, oh, Washington was who we thought they were. Now, you know, Now, here comes the real test and all this stuff. But it's like they're still stacking wins on top of wins, which is momentum on top of momentum, which is really like, hey, until you prove that you're better than us, you have to beat us. Like we're seven and one. Like at some point, you have to put your feet down and be
0: like, hey, pretty good. Yeah, there. I think what sucks about this weekend now is Josh Allen's questionable. I know, right? He's like got a torn elbow. Time. The worst. I don't. Time. I. I was saying this on our show this week too. I. There's a lot of Vikings fans that oh, all right, this makes the game easier to win and keep stacking yeah. wins, and I get that, but. I'm at the point now where they're, so they're they're going to make the playoffs, and we and we kind of know that it just oh, kind of yeah. depends on like unless they completely I don't see them just like losing eight Implode. games or something. But I want to know where they stand now. I want to see them go on the road. I want Josh Allen to just get like a cortisone injection and be eighty percent or something, so we can kind of see where the Vikings are at. But it's going to be hard because if if they run Josh Allen out there and he's got so he's got a UCL injury, which is for the audience. That's the injury they're calling it a sprained elbow, but it's it's basically a partially torn UCL, which is the same injury pitchers undergo Tommy John surgery for and like miss a full twelve months. So Josh Allen's dealing with that this weekend, and he'll just have to decide whether, you know, can you can you make it through the season? But either way, either it kind of it kind of cheapens the game a little bit because you're not going to get the full Bills experience. You're going to get Case Keenum. Maybe get, he's their backup. are gonna get
1: the full Bills experience. Like, who's really <laughs> wanting that at this point, right? Like, I do. I I but, want it. I want it. But this just goes to my the whole point that I've always tried to make to people. Like, the season is so long, and injuries happen all the time. The games that you thought you were going to just dominate, now all of a sudden you're looking at it where Josh Allen might not play, and everyone's like, "Well, wait a minute, time out. Maybe the Vikings are this good, right?" And it's like they are, in my opinion, they are. And it's it's funny because. When you look at the team that they played, yeah, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, well, they still need to prove it. But it's like, dude, these guys, Washington went out and won three in a row. So they were on a momentum streak, too. They were feeling really good about it. I'm sure Taylor was in there like, if there's one team I want to destroy, it's these guys, guys. Let's go out today and do what we have to do. And, yeah, the defense put up a good fight. But for me, the fact that the Vikings defense came out and really just slug matched the whole game. It was super – I mean, they're clearly – this pass rush is one of the best in the league. I mean, yeah. there's no question.
0: The Vikings yes. pass rush? Yes. It, it was slow just... to start. It was but, really slow to start.
1: But still, the fact that they keep moving people around and they keep going after people, like they're sending Daniil after certain people. Then all of a sudden you start moving Zadarius around. And now everyone's like, where is he going to line up? Who are they picking on? Who is he coming out there? And just, it, yeah, it was slow to start, but it picked up quickly.
0: Daniil's kind of back, man. And he was oh, he right. was getting some pressures, but now he's he got home like two or three times with sacks in that game. Was, was it three? I can't remember if they gave him like a partial for a third, but uh I looked this up. So in terms of of edge rushers, defensive ends or edge rushing outside linebackers in a 3 4 scheme, uh, the Vikings have the best pressure tandem in Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter in the NFL. They've got like I think it's like uh 80 combined pressures or something through ridiculous. whatever, you know, eight games. The the, yeah. the Patriots have a duo. Ten that a has game? Two.
1: Ten, ten pressures a game.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's great. And Daniil Hunter was, and, and you tell me, I mean, I think moving to a 3-4, because he's played 4-3 his whole career, hand in the dirt, right? You know. and, and he's being asked to do a lot of different things. So it's not that surprising to me that it would take him like a month and a half to kind of figure it out. But it looks like he's figured it out at this point.
1: Well, that – and I think a lot of teams are looking at this and they're like, who is the worst of two evils? And they're like, hey, whatever we can do, we got to – let's take care of Daniil. And if we get Zadarius on our one-on-ones, we're just going to try and match him up. And now people are looking at this like, dude, how are we going to figure this problem out? And now because there's a lot of times that they put um, – they put them together. And now it's – getting like him and um, – uh, Ninety-eight.
0: I'm trying to think of his uh, name. Now, Wanham. Wanham. DJ has Been him. a
1: long night. It's been a long
0: night. I know you've had some. You got sick kids and running <laughs> right. around.
1: I got the flu all over the house.
0: You had to entertain <laughs> me at your uh, offensive line training facility today.
1: What a day! Dude. High maintenance, like whirlwind. But no, like you talk about, like. Now you start moving those guys around, and the ability to have like Zadarius and Wanam on the same side, and now Daniil and Zadarius on the same side, and then like, what if you put all three of them in the core at the same time and just challenge the right? Like all of a sudden, you just start thinking, Football. like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> dude, it's incredible, it's so fun, <laughs> and then like, it's so sad because you're like, God, somebody's just gonna get ran through so bad, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I, was, I was before you came to the gym, we were actually talking about. One of the guys that we've talked about on the show, but I'm not gonna name his name, because we were just basically like we were talking about when he played the Vikings, and we were like, dude, dude, he just got ran through. And the guys were like, dude, can you believe we were just we were so amazed that like even after all the film that these guys have put out, people are still almost doubting him. Like at some point, you can't you can't go 5-0 anymore. You just gotta find a way to do something. You gotta get the ball out quick. You're gonna have to because eventually this defense just keeps wrecking other offenses, which keeps the vikings offense on the field which yeah. eventually in turn just starts moving the ball and these drives that just last long and you're just beating on their defense and that's what it's like such a a team win and they're coming up in clutch situations and making clutch plays and it's like they're feeding off each other and you see it on the plane that's that stuff's really not that fake i mean you don't have to be fake after the game so the fact that they're starting to gel so well as a team and then like the continuity you see it on on, all over the tiktok and everything i mean that to me is like dude this team is you should be more afraid of this team than you think you should be
0: so let's let's go down that path for a second because it does feel like there's just a and obviously when you're winning a bunch of games you're going to be happier on the team playing this is the longest winning streak kirk's ever been a part of just easier to have fun when when you're winning and stuff but i think it kind of goes the other way around too it kind of feels like kevin o'connell has come in and he's just Everyone's breathing a little lighter. It's not quite yeah. as tense. And it just feels like everyone likes going to work a lot this season. And it doesn't, we don't have to do like a referendum on Zimmer again. We've already kind of exhausted all that stuff. But I mean, you look at the team planes, you even look at the Vikings put out the videos on social media of the post game game ball celebrations. And yeah. so Kevin O'Connell's wife had a baby on Friday. And and so he gives out the game ball, one of like nine game balls to Kirk and says, get that man, his bling. And then Ziggy Wilf comes in with a game ball and gives it to Kevin O'Connell for having his first baby. And then Kirk breaks it down. It's like there's, there's just an energy that I think probably feeds into the winning a little bit. So can you speak on just a team that has that type of energy? You got to be skilled and good players, oh, yeah. too. But when a team just likes going to work, how much does that matter?
1: I think it's huge. Well, not only like people always talk about the continuity of the offensive line, but I think the continuity of the team, like the whole line is the team within the team, but for the team together, like when the offense beats off the defense and the defense is breathing off the offense and we're all kind of just playing off each other and having fun, it does make going to work a lot of fun, which makes in turn playing games even more fun, right? Like when you're constantly pushing each other in practice and then all of a sudden you get out in the game and you're just dominating people and having fun and you're kind of laughing about it and yeah there are times where you get punched in the mouth and it becomes real serious but that's when everyone digs their heels in you know what i'm saying and that's when everyone starts to be like hey listen now it's time to get real and harry shows up or zadaria shows up or all these leaders are showing up kendrick's i mean whoever it is and it's and it's fun to be around but it's the momentum that we continuously talk about you're stacking wins on top of each other and then it kind of becomes this this belief system of like hey we can do anything like they can put whatever they want out I don't care. Let's go. We're seven mm-hmm. and one. At some point, somebody has to punch us in the mouth hard enough that we're like, hey, we don't have a counter for you. I mean, the entire time, this whole season, it's been like, yeah, these are tough, gritty games, but they still win. And everyone, you hear a lot of coaches saying it now. Hey, a win's a win. And they've always, they, it's not a new phrase. They have always said that. Like, you have to celebrate a win, even if it's ugly. Because it's hard to do in this league, and when you start seven and one, and everybody continuously is like, "Well, I'm still not sure." It just continues to feed into your fuel of your fire. You know, you're like seven and one; and they're still not happy. Oh my god! I can't
0: it it kind of feels like 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 people are waiting, and I and I, I, maybe I am a little bit too, just to put to give them like that final validation that they need to blow someone out. I, th- I think if they were to blow someone out, even if it was like you know. Josh Allen sits and they go into Buffalo and they beat the crap out of a case Keenum bills led team. And they win by three touchdowns or something. I think somebody's I think still going to be like, well, but it wasn't Josh will? Allen. Yeah. 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 But they that's... then they have, but they have Dallas. They have some games coming up. They have some kind of validation games coming up. If the bills aren't enough because of the injury to Josh Allen, you got Dallas at home. Um, you've got, a, and I get the Patriots aren't great, but they are five and four and, and Bill Belichick is still their coach. And so, they have a defense that's like second best in the league. So they do have some some kind of interesting game. And the hell, I mean Where's the Jets with the Giants at? home. Where's that game? At? Oh, okay. They got they got three straight home games after this. Yeah, that's They they that's play like a... uh they play four road games the rest of the year basically, I think.
1: Yeah. I think one of them's in Green Bay with that team that just can't do anything. So.
0: What is happening there?
1: One's in Chicago. One's in Detroit. Uh, so yeah.
0: Yes. And then, the, and then the Bills. I believe those are your, your remaining I mean road games.
1: It's really setting up for a really nice soft ending, like a really nice lead up into the playoffs. And that's yeah. the one thing that can just carry this team. Like, hey, we've dominated everybody all year. What's to make us think the playoffs aren't any different? The only thing that needs to change around here is we need to tighten up a little bit more. Like, that's it. And I don't think it – because to me, until you go out and get smacked in the face and lose that game and we have to go back and go, well, all right. Now I see the flaws. Like, there are flaws out there, but everybody has them right now. It's not like there's a team out there right now that I'm like, wow, you guys are blowing blowing me away right now. You know what I'm saying? And as much as everybody keeps talking about how the Vikings might not be the team, I might be the only one. Like, man, I think they may be the only team because they are so close and they have gone through so much turmoil together and they have come out on the other side. Like, hey, everything's going to be okay, guys. And I don't know if it's the way that Kevin, like, kind of, like, walks up and down the sidelines. But he's got this, like, real, like – you know, whatever type of attitude. And I kind of dig it. It's like this I love. Attitude. I
0: love his, you know his saying. demeanor is awesome.
1: If he doesn't like the flag on the field, you can tell he's gonna say something and then they show him saying something and they pan away right away. Cause you're like, yeah. probably caught a couple words in there that they shouldn't have. But then yes. all of a sudden you just see him on the sun again, like, hmm, okay.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, I'm gonna try and just kind of flesh out what my perception is of his personality. He's extremely likable. And clearly does a great job of just getting along with and connecting with people, whether it's his the oh, yeah. owners or the front office or players from different backgrounds. so he's he's a player's coach, but he also seems like a guy that will just he's kind of a red ass too. I mean like to your point, he'll get into officials. He'll chirp Kirk when he's coming off the field. Hey, you know he'll put the play sheet over his face so you can't read his lips on tv I hate but i had do that now but he's he's a players coach he, he there's a little john Harbaugh there i, I brought him yeah. up on the show a million times where and that's a god i just brought up a 15 year like borderline that's hall Fame coach, coach dude but just demeanor like he can he's a kind of a cool dude who can connect with players so he's kind of a players coach but he but he'll hold people accountable and he can be kind of a red ass and he's got different levels to his personality Uh Which I
1: think is genuine because it's hard to be, and I've never really heard this, but I've never heard someone call me a red ass. I mean, but.
0: Mike Zimmer is the ultimate red ass. Right. It's
1: hard to be like that, but still be a personable coach because sometimes you have to be like, where do you draw the line? Right. But as long as you're the same every day, like the same things bother you every day. Hey, somebody's jumping off sides. That's pissing me off. Hey, the the split isn't wide enough. It's pissing me off. But then you go into lunch and it's like, hey man, how's your wife doing? She good, how the kids? Good, good. And you're like, this guy's kind of genuine, or like they he'll remember something that you told him, then you're kinda like, dude. This is a great relationship. I understand where the line is drawn. I know that when I step in these rooms and on this field, my ass is up for grabs. Like anybody can come at me. But the minute that we're not out here and we're not around football, then it's more personable. It's it's one of those things. It's super hard. I feel like for coaches because, and I feel like that's like the stigma that they don't want to be a personable coach. Like I gotta be like Bill Belichick. I gotta mm-hmm. be this militant. I don't want to know anything about you. I don't care about you. I'm just here to do my job. And you're like, dude, at what point are you really going to lay it all on the line for a guy like that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, at some point, you're like, man, this guy would fire me in a heartbeat. As opposed to a guy who's like, hey, man, how's Dana doing? She's good. All right. How are the kids? they good. Yeah. her heard Johnny was sick. Everything's good. You're like, man, this guy really – how did you know Johnny was sick? Who the hell are you By talking to? By the way,
0: you're cut. You're cut. But hopefully, hopefully your kid feels better.
1: Yeah. Hey, I was – to make sure they are cool before I cut you out of the stream.
0: Just yeah. <laughs>
1: go ahead, go tell he, him, Daddy sucks. He,
0: he also, I, I feel like he, and he, he hired an assistant coach. I don't, I don't, I can't remember the guy's background. If he's like a Madden player, or if he's been in football, but, but basically like a game management coach to sit there and tell him, hey, here's where we should call time out, and here's, hey, here's where the clock's kind of at. And it came into play at the end of this game, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. I love this. I could see you maybe hating it, but but at the end of the game, uh, well, the Vikings were lining up with it was like two minutes to go, and uh, they were lining up for a field goal at that mm-hmm. point to take a three point lead. But then Washington pulled have... over the long snapper, which you can't do. How stupid! Penalty. Right?
1: Like the one thing you can't. Do. Yeah you want to talk about stupid oh and that's another thing like that's the part of me where you're kind of like on side it's like dude how lucky did we just get here Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. no way they broke the cardinal rule of hitting the center and then you look up and you're like no oh shit they really did here we go first down you're like dude this is incredible
0: but go ahead so so now it's like a it's i don't have the (laughs) the the game script in front of me but i'm pretty sure there was like a minute fifty six. Okay. Washington okay. had one timeout but the Vikings are now the Vikings are at like they're inside the 10 I think they're inside yeah. the 5. Yeah, they were And tight. so call it minute minute 56 Washington has one timeout. So no matter what you want to get them to burn the timeout. So the first mm-hmm. the first down play they just kind of, Dalvin just kind of ran into the back of the mm-hmm. interior offensive lineman and kind of hit the deck. And so Washington calls timeout. So now there's a minute 52 again it's mm-hmm. a tie game. You're inside the 5-yard line or whatever. You can either just run the ball in because they they will let you score in this situation so they can get the ball back down by a touchdown with at least like a minute 50 on the clock. No timeouts, but they can operate. (laughs) Or you can do what Kevin O'Connell did, which is you can have Dalvin once again kind of just like tap dance for a few seconds, lay down, 40 more seconds come off the clock. You snap it again. Dalvin tap dances for four seconds, lays on the ground, and they milk it all the way down to I believe fifteen seconds, yeah. kick the field goal down to twelve seconds and I was we were we were watching this game at uh, at the mall of America with a bunch of fans and the uh, when fans saw Dalvin Cook laying down, a bunch of fans were like what the what do you do what the hell are they doing and i'm and I'm like, no, this is trust your trust your defense I said so, well you can there's two ways to trust your defense here you can score a touchdown, but give them the ball back with a minute fifty, and anything can happen now you could have a pass interference. You could. I don't know. You a could ref. have a ref take out run a safety. It. Like who? Who the hell knows in this game? Or you can run the clock all the way down to fifteen seconds, kick a chip shot field goal, and trust your defense to not give up a seventy-five yard touchdown with twelve seconds left. So yeah. I don't. I don't know how many coaches elect to play the last two minutes like that. I love the creativity. I thought he was like just a step ahead in in that situation. What'd you think of it? I thought it
1: was great. I thought it was. I'm not gonna lie. I thought a lot of coaches probably would have done that. They probably would have even like taken a knee and been yeah. like, "We're we're just gonna run it down." I mean,
0: not gonna risk fumbling or something. No,
1: and you're right because I'm trying to think of who did that. Was that the Falcons that did that a couple of years ago? They were playing the Lions, or was it the Lions that did it against the Falcons? Somebody was playing someone. Everybody on the team was like, "Whatever you do, just don't score." And they like basically threw the guy in the end zone, and he scored, oh. and then they got the ball back, and everybody <laughs> was yelling at him, and I was like. <laughs> but you're right. Like people don't understand. Sometimes you have to play this little chess match because yeah. And I will say this, the thought of the ref running into a safety probably had a little bit to do the back of Kevin's mind. Like, And I know it sounds probably really stupid, but in the back of your mind, you're like the one thing that you never thought would happen just happened today. And now we could score a touchdown, give them the ball back. And could it happen again? I don't know. But like, Something crazy has already happened today. Could something crazier happen? Yes, it could now. Like, are, the the dominoes have started to fall. And in your mind, you're probably like, listen, uh, I'd rather them have 15 seconds with a whole field to go than give them a minute 50 and kick it off yeah. to them to see what happens. Like, that's just, that's pure
0: being And smart. I feel like, you know, Taylor Heineke's got a little diet Brett Favre in him where he'll just sort of rise up and do something clutch. He just yeah. has this sort of guile about him. Come on you know, guys. Just yeah. like he would just put together a touchdown I drive. See,
1: I could see him on the side. I was like, guys, you realize I played for this team? Come on. We gotta beat him. <laughs>
0: They're like, we don't care, guy. You, you Dude, put your put your foot through a through can a door we just slide a... to
1: Daniel, please? <laughs> right tackle like, please, can we please just slide?
0: Uh, I think okay. we should probably we should probably fire up some film here in a Yo, second. Up, I do want to no. tell the audience where they can get their Victory Monday hooded sweatshirts and shirts. They can get their before, just one before I die hoodies and purple daily swag. Some other Score North hats at scorenorth.com slash shop. Scorenorth.com slash shop. Thanks to everyone for supporting what we're building here. Uh, oh, oh! before we get to film, God, we're 25 minutes in here. I mean, one of the biggest stories, too. TJ Hawkinson nine wow. catches second most catches of his career the dude rolls in on a Wednesday he played all but six snaps dude. he's just out there he caught three passes on the game-winning drive too right I mean what a the guy I mean you tell me how hard it is to learn a playbook in three days I mean he probably doesn't know the whole thing but he studied enough to be able to sit out there for all but dude. six plays and catch nine passes
1: that's some bullshit. You realize that there was on like the worst ranked team in the NFL and now he's on the best ranked team. He was probably like, give me the playbook. I'll learn it in three minutes. Where do you need me? Give me the short version. I'm open all day. Okay. Please just throw me the ball. I'm here to win. He was probably so excited. Like "Dude, I'll do, I'll run fade routes. I can do whatever. He's, he's a big target and now he's going to draw a lot of attention. And this is where Kyle or Kevin wants to be like, Now, all of a sudden, everybody's a threat. Everybody on the field is officially a threat. Right, our tight end can get open in the middle. You got Justin Jefferson going down the field. You got Thielen running some crazy route. You got KJ Osborne running it over, and you got Dalvin Cook running somewhere. I mean, it just puts a defense in such a bind. And at the same time, we keep talking about all these routes, and you're like, what if he was just to hand the ball off and you're in a simple nickel dime? Like, everybody's so curious now about like these nickel and dime defenses. You know what they mean for me in the run game? It means I'm going to churn butter, buddy. You're going to put a 220 pound dude out here, bro can we just go to that tiny guy over there? Let's just take this one guy over to him and we'll let this guy do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, you know like, It's, it's, it's almost oh. too fun. Dude. I, know. I, enjoy
0: yes. it. I love that. Trip. I still have been thinking about this for a week. Like, I don't know what the lions are doing. I, it's, he's a 25 year old, former eighth overall pick and it they're shows just you bailing the on him.
1: Dude, it shows their loyalty to anybody in this league. Anybody's tradable. Anybody who can get us something. is gone. It's I'm telling you, it's not going to be good for teams because it's going to show people eventually, like, I mean nothing to you. I was a first-round draft pick with you. I was with you through all these hard times. And, and I'm not saying he's mad because he's probably like, hey, listen. Well, he really, loves this. He's probably like, I'm really sad to go, guys. Hey, what's my flight?
0: Tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can,
1: I, can I just charter my own plane up there? I will just go right now. But
0: my stuff—how are we going to get my stuff? Just leave it all. I don't. Care. I'll just—I'm just, just going to buy some new stuff in Minnesota. Yeah, and not don't that I about care about,
1: about the Lions at all because I don't. But if you're one of the players on their team, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> we're we're seven games in. We're already tanking. What are we, yeah. the Colts? My but
0: God. then they come back and they beat the Packers,
1: right? It's Dude, a crazy league. What does that say about the Pack? Whoa.
0: Should've yeah, that kid kind of feels Should've like the, like man. he doesn't make the playoffs,
1: is... you think he comes back for another year just to be like, it wasn't me.
0: Well, I just don't, I mean, he does make about $45 million a year now, so he could just, you could just show up and kind of go through the motions and make another $45 million, but it's also not a sport where you can't really just do that. You can't, he doesn't, it doesn't seem to me watching from the outside in like he's really interested in being there. He's not, he clearly doesn't want to help young receivers get better. He's kind of just over that at this point in his career, you know, the amount of just like eye rolling and hands in the air. And he's not, I don't know. I don't blame him for being mad, but he's not helping fix it.
1: What did you expect? You showed up on August 1st, you saw the team and you were like, I'm cool with this week six, all of a sudden hands are in the air. Tablets are flying across the field. It's like, okay, well, what went wrong? From day one to now, I feel like everybody has only themselves to blame. What the hell went wrong from then to here? And at the same time, you're right. Like eventually that negativity on the field, and people probably laugh at me because they say that, and it probably sounds so corny. When you people are just throwing stuff on the field all day and yelling and bitching, eventually you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to go get my face kicked in all day and then turn around and have you bitching at me. And then I come off the sideline, the OCs upset, then the O-line coaches, man. Then I go home, my wife's mad. Like it's like everybody's just mad, mad, mad.
0: You, and then the old the, lines
1: always—it's terrible.
0: The craziest thing. So you and I were both born in the '80s, uh, mid to to late '80s. We don't yeah. really remember the Packers being a train wreck. There's the the generation no. before us. They were for the '70s and the '80s. Yeah. Th- that stadium was half full. They've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks since like 1992. They've been, I think, probably the best record in the NFL since that. Maybe the Patriots have the best record, but. They just, the they've just—they've not been bad in our lifetimes, and it kind of feels like whenever, whether it's this year or next year, when Rogers says goodbye, <laughs> they're they're due to be bad for like five or eight years or something for the first time in our lives.
1: I, I, you can't say that though, because with all the trades and things that people make, not that I'm saying that they're big into trades and stuff, but it's just it's weird because we haven't seen the Packers be bad, and I'm not saying that like nobody's allowed to be bad, like I'm. It's hard to be like, man, in my entire life, I don't remember the Packers really being a bad team. That's not a bad organization. So, like, the one time they are bad, I don't want people to think that I'm, like, harping on them. I think what it is is the perception and the look and the vibe that you guys give off and, like, the fact that you guys all look like you hate each other. Like, that's really, to me, why you're losing. Instead Mm -hmm. of being out there like, hey, that was supposed to be a dig route, buddy. Not like...
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's constantly (laughs)
1: this, and it's like, dude, if... Seriously. Would you want someone to constantly say that to you? There's so much going on and we get it. There's so much human error out there and bad things happen and people do stupid things and you're like, dude, what the hell was that? Are you awake? But then you have to turn around and be like, hey, if I continuously yell at this guy, eventually I'm just going to break him down into nothing. He's going to think that everybody, even his best friends around him, are collapsing on him. He's got nobody in his back pocket. And then all of a sudden, he's going to go in the shitter. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to hear about it. So it's like you're constantly trying to pick guys up and be like, hey, it's okay. Everybody gives up sex. Work from it. Move on. It's not like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Like there is a time for that when you're in a clutch situation and you're trying to grab somebody's attention. But it's like you turn the TV on every Sunday and there's constantly somebody yelling at somebody. And you're like, dude. It's it's a lot of these old guys. It's like, dude, how crusty are you guys going to be before you just leave? Seriously, if you're just <laughs> yeah. going to be here to yell at everybody because you're old. Get the hell out. Yeah. If you're old, I want to see you laughing. I want to see you having fun. Like, dude, I'm, I'm 45 and I'm here to have fun. Not I'm 45 and God, I'm just going crazy, snapping tablets like, dude, what? Eat a cheeseburger and chill out for a minute. My godson.
0: I would be curious in some alternate universe, because Rodgers is 38, and he doesn't have kids. He's, he's He seems like a very – he lives his life how he's going to live his life. I would be curious in an alternate parallel reality to see if he had kids 10 years ago, would he have a different demeanor and be more patient with rookie players at this point? Ooh, never thought about that. You know, because he just – he clearly has no time for it, but – how would he ever he you know he's and I'm not whatever people don't have kids, that's fine. I'm just saying
1: it's a great point. I never thought about that. It really he, is a good point.
0: Yeah, also, he doesn't seem to me like the type he takes things very personally. Mm-hmm. you know, he cut off his family 15 years ago, and he gets into these media wars and stuff, and he'll he just he's very I don't know, there's an insecurity there or something, but he doesn't seem like the type of guy that you can coach really. Or coach hard. Like you can kind of yell at Tom Brady. You've seen Belichick do it. Like Brady will argue with McDaniels and stuff back in the day. You'll see, I mean, hell, you'll see Kevin O'Connell get into Kirk on the sidelines. Yeah. I can't remember, unless I'm forgetting, a head coach, McCarthy or LaFleur, get into Rodgers for a bad play or bad body language or something. It's almost like they're afraid to do it because they'll lose him if they do it.
1: I don't know if it's that or it's just because there's so much respect there. But I think at some point you're like, man, do I have any say at all with this guy? Like if yeah. you're LaFleur right now and you wanted to go to him and say, hey, listen, I think you should be a little bit more patient. You obviously can't just go to him and say that. He's going to be like, dude, come on. What are you doing? He's going to be like, I know. I, just, I think maybe if we're all just chilled out a little. Like, I don't know how you even would do that. If you're Matt LaFleur, you've like, Sam Rogers dude, what a super bowl. He's been playing forever. And you're going to go to him and be like, Hey, I think you should be more patient. He's like, Hey, I think we should run some easier routes. Like he's going to have a good comeback. You better have a second one to come back with. You know what I'm That's saying? Fair. Like, don't, don't be like, you're right. It's complicated offense. We should simplify it a little bit. All right, like, cool. Be, All
0: right. Here we right? go. <laughs> Ready? Right,
1: Aaron. My bad. Simple
0: on three. One, two, three. simple.
1: Okay. So listen, we're going to go back to simple choice routes. <laughs>
0: All right, do you want to you wanna stare at some film here? Football. Okay. Well, we're going to go segment within a segment because uh, the first clip of film, by the way, we're about, I don't know, we're about 33 minutes into this thing. This would be a good time if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. If you want the visual to go along with Boonie uh, talking us through some film, just go over to the YouTube channel on Purple Daily, and you can find us there. But uh, every week we fire people's asses on this show. And... Uh, I'm gonna bring up this clip here, and we're gonna fire, fire. We're gonna so fire fire this so guy. This,
1: you're so hard <laughs> on this ref right now. Everybody makes bad decisions.
0: Let's run this play at full speed. This would be the play where uh Taylor Heineke threw a bleep it ball 50 yards down the field, three Vikings defenders, and uh at least in real time, it looked like one Washington player, but Were there potentially two Washington players, one wearing a zebra shirt, on this play? Let's find out. So this is—we'll roll this in real time here first, and uh, then—is that some real
1: conspiracy to it?
0: Actually, I'm just going to drag this over here, and then we'll go back and do the full breakdown. So Heineke drops back. uh, He—this is a nice little move to his left here, just dodging a potential sack. Puts all of his arm effort into this throw. And whoop! There's a referee bumping into Cam Bynum, who falls away from an interception onto the ground. Hey, Basically, a him. touchdown.
1: He doesn't even like signal touchdown. He's like, God, I'm so embarrassed. What is that down. Oh my God, my wife's gonna kill me.
0: <laughs> so uh, let's uh, you talk us through this here. We'll start with uh, just kind of what you see at the line of scrimmage, and then at the end, we'll get to the the referee. Roman Reigns style spearing cam Bynum and putting seven points on the board for Washington.
1: Yeah. Um, even front. Here we go. Let's roll the dice here. A little fake counter.
0: Nice motion. Open it up. Oh, we have a pulling guard here. No, pulling. So we have a pulling center
1: it's sometimes you can change it up because if the center doesn't feel like he can get back strong enough on him, he'll call it. He'll call up. Um, he call back block. He call switch. You hate it though, because when he says switch, that guy looks at you right away. Like, okay, now I know what's going on. He kind of knows it's more of a pass. Cause you obviously can't pull the center in a real power like this. Oh, okay, but You got to love the inside move here. And look at, and obviously, they want Charles Leno Jr., the left tackle. They obviously want him to set out their type because it's a play action. And the one thing about play action is if you set them really firm on the line, you can get their hands down and you can get on them faster. Sometimes this action back here will help you. But this action is kind of crappy. Like, it's always kind of run like this, like really not serious. So, obviously, Zadarius does a great job coming inside. And two, Charles kind of turns open towards him. He obviously way oversets him. But it's a well, great this
0: recognition. This man. This is. But just... see what
1: I was saying before about how like everyone's kind of focusing on Daniil? See how Daniil gets chipped before this, and this this too is the center yeah, right. needs. You need to get out there. Like if if I was coaching the center, I would tell him, "Hey, that's that's an all pro player out there. You need to have a plan when you get out there. I wouldn't be standing there totally missing him."
0: Yeah. And so, but this man, is a so Darius does a great job kind of throwing this whole thing off. And then Heineke does a great job. Look at this. Look at these little nifty pocket movement steps here by Heineke
1: gets out of the way. This is definitely a bleep nice. it ball for anybody that wants to know. <laughs> you're not throwing this ball. Look, I mean, he's completely chucked that thing up there. Look, it's hey, it as You look, if you're Heineke, you're Heineke, you see three white jerseys running back there and you just completely chucked it up there. Like, dude, make me a hero. (laughs) That's one where, like, if you're an o lineman, you're seeing it, and you're, like, counting the white jerseys, and you're like, oh, my, what's the angle? Which way do you think he's going to come back at? You're trying to already get ready for the interception. Bynum's got a great read on this. I don't get why the ref didn't go, like, What's
0: he what is he doing?
1: I, I think what Guy, he thought was what are you doing? When you watch it in slow mo, it kind of looks like he sees the ball coming and he sees the receiver to his left. So he got tries to go to his right and then he sees Bynum and he goes, he tries to get out of his way, but he
0: doesn't. Okay. He, he kind of so he, checks. He them. knows the ball is in the air at this point. <laughs> he and clearly he, if you go
1: back, you can and see And he knows he's these guys are here yeah.
0: on the right side. But but and Bynum coming across He's surprising. probably
1: legit like there's no way Taylor just threw that ball. <laughs> Right, he's like, "Hey, there's no way he'll there'll be a guy over here." Oh my God, there's a third
0: guy. Okay, so what is he? I guess when I was he's watching the this a hundred times, let's
1: be honest, that's where the ball's headed. So if anything, Should, shouldn't
0: he just run for? Shouldn't he just run this way at this point, like five ten yards, and then turn around?
1: You still have to ref the game. I know. I'm hey, saying what the, about the, that ball's but the balls in I'm the sorry, air. Our, our back
0: judge was on the ground. He but he's not. It. But he's not even looking at the. Okay, but here's the other thing. Again, far be it from me to like tell a re, an NFL referee where they right. should be. In but the, in
1: the moment, like, dude, <laughs> what you should have done? What? But his
0: back, he can't see. His back, his back is to the play.
1: But I think if he was to go to his right, he could turn his head. You see what I'm saying? Like he's just trying to get out of the way, and then right here he sees Biden and he goes, "Oh shit." And look, he kind of takes a step to the right, but shoulder checks him. He doesn't, you can tell he tries to move.
0: This is what he's thinking. Oh, no. Oh doesn't see him
1: at all. He's like, dude, I got this ball. This is all me. Look at this. (sighs) (laughs) His
0: barrels. (laughs) and, And unfortunately, from a rules perspective, They did so they did review this play, but they reviewed to see if I think I think this is uh this is Curtis Samuel who catches this, right? Yeah. They reviewed to see if he was touched before he went in the end zone. Um Remember the
1: ref's part of the field. You can't.
0: It's like tripping over over the hash mark, basically, right? It's no it's no different. It's no different.
1: He's part of the field if if he gets in the way.
0: Look at him laying here. (laughs) Do you think they saw me? Hey. Oh man. Oh
1: my, God. watch this guy end up in the Super Bowl though. That'd be great.
0: No. And the, here's the reaction from Cam Bynum here too. There's not much you can do, but he kind of does the oh God, herumph. And then he just gets up and walks back to the huddle. What
1: do you say? What do you say when the ref completely trips you on your interception glory play? What do you say? Oh man. Exactly. I will like say too,
0: this is an incredible concentration catch by Curtis Samuel. Is it not? Look at this? This ball's coming down here. So here's the football right here. It's kind of blurry here for the audience. You got Cam Bynum sort of falling down. There's a referee on the ground. Harrison Smith's left arm is draped across you. And there's a defender behind you. And your fault. Look at him. He's, he's falling to the ground. Look at his knees. Yeah. And somehow the ball that falls right into his hands, man.
1: Receivers are spectacular. Like amazing. But they are divas.
0: So this was, uh, I mean, this was pick your WWE superstar, man. This is this is Edge, this is Roman Reigns, this is Bill Goldberg spearing Cam Bynum. By God, by God, he's got <sighs> a commander's jersey. He's got a commander's jersey. The only thing no, better would
1: it. it be, like, if the training staff had to come out and get him, check on him. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay?
0: Uh, uh you reminded me earlier today this isn't the first time something like this no. happened in a football game. This one game. was more different, dude. Okay, this is really grainy quality here. This is like before h this is a long time ago before HD h- was though. a thing. Let's see if I can zoom in on this a little bit for us. Uh no if I can. Uh but this is LSU versus South Carolina and uh there's <laughs> here, a little bit wider for us. <laughs> You, you gonna make it over there? I'm alright. Okay. All right. So talk us through the talk us through this one. Uh, the, the referee. This is technically is this an umpire? Is that this guy's? Don't yeah. they call these guys the umpire?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I going to stay on the other side in college back in the day. I don't know if they still stay over there. Do they? I know in the NFL they move them behind us.
0: They and do. Then in yeah. Two
1: minute situations, they go back to there sometimes.
0: He's which... le- he's. He's lined up just like the other two linebackers, too, which is no right? coincidence as you watch this play play out, This
1: should be, like, the first sign. This guy looks like he is ready to demolish. <laughs> look at him. He's, he's like, look at these guys. They're all chasing this guy. Look at this. I got the perfect thing. You want
0: to dissect the uh, the actual trenches here, too? Oh, this is a true here.
1: power play right here, my dude. This you is got- as power as it gets. Looks like we got a little bit of an overfront. Uh-huh.
0: Over front, I'll hit you with the, uh, the sounder. For- Football.
1: Yeah. This, would be like, this would be like a, uh, a 57 because you got your – technically, that would be the same on the ball. All right, so look at this ref, right? He's like, look at this guy. He thinks he's going to score. I don't think so. Just bodies Boom. him. Like, <laughs> he just sho- shoulder checks him. Even the defenders are like, what
0: the hell just happened? He's lunging at him. What is he doing? Dude, I don't know. Is he trying to sneak by him? He's literally lunging at him with his forearm. I think we get another view here too from Yeah, that. the behind the view is the best.
1: The announcers were even great too cuz they're like what in the hell Right here. Look, he's breaking him down. He's breaking. He's like, I got him. I got him. <laughs> he's lunging. Oh, he's. Telling, I got him. I got him.
0: Boom. Hit the deck.
1: Oh, look at him. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything.
0: Even the Here's quarterback was like, dude, too. what are you doing? Oh, that's a great. It's good form, right there, too. He uh, he he got no, the head out of there. Could have been could have form. been targeting though if he you he know gets his head in up. there. Should
1: have got lower. That's like an eighties tackle. <laughs> it kind of is. Terrible. Yes.
0: Oh, there's uh, the close up. on him. Still got um, it. Definitely. Still got it. Yep. <laughs> still got it. See, the, old, like, the old the old ball coach. What
1: the hell just happened there?
0: Not too happy about that one.
1: Oh, I don't. I mean, at that point, do you think you can go onto the field, and be like, "Excuse me, we need to talk about what the hell just happened."
0: Should there be something for for plays like this? Not, I, I guess. going back to the Vikings one.
1: Doesn't really happen, but if it did, yeah.
0: No. Should that negate the play?
1: Something like. But the problem is, you can't draw the line. Like, what's egregious and what's not? Cam Bynum was clearly not egregious. That last one was, but then there'll be some ones down the road where you're like, and then you're looking at film know, during a your game. You're stopping the momentum of the game. It's just not fun.
0: All right, this here, I want to show you this one. So, this yeah. is, you know, Kirk Kirk was pressured on, you know, pretty much every other drop back in this game. Go back and real quick. Go you want to go, go to the other angle?
1: Yeah, just real quick. Just want to see the safety. By the way, this is what the hell's wrong with the middle of their field?
0: My They're, God. They, they, they they Could a new paint job hurt grass, somebody? Right?
1: Dude, the worst. That, pff, dude needs to sell the team.
0: I think a lot of their finances are tied up in. Uh, Legal situations right now. Can't, yeah. can't quite afford a new W in the middle of their field here. Can't wait so, to see. Vikings have the ball on the 41 yard line, uh, about to cross midfield. Mm-hmm. They need a big play. This is, you know, so they're trailing at this point. Cousins is getting smoked. And so they're going five wide here, empty backfield, looking to hit a big play on this one. All right, what do you see? I see a lot of off coverage. <laughs>
1: I see a lot of people like, uh-oh, where are we going, guys? But if, a, lot lot, look, a lot
0: of finger-pointing here, a lot of... We got an overload defenders. to the right,
1: on the right side of the line. You got 3D linemen, you got a linebacker walked up, and then you got another pass rusher on the left. My bet would be that this guy over the left side is probably coming because they were trying to bring pressure. And it looks like this guy over the middle wants to come too, but that wouldn't be very smart because then you would just leave the middle of the field open. But go ahead, let's play it.
0: Okay, let's run it here. All right, so here's Kirk. So...
1: So they all drop.
0: Kirk gets, Kirk gets smoked. This is where Kirk got knocked out of the game for a play here. Boom. Oh, he oh, got smoked. Justin Jefferson drop in the bucket, dude. About Effortless, thirty yards right? in the air.
1: Effortless.
0: What a play, man. Dude. So let's we'll get you the back of the the back of the end zone here, view. So here the go. Vikings, the Vikings. You know, Washington got one on Kirk here. But this is why this is one of my favorite Kirk games, because he gets smoked, stands in there, and just throws a freaking drop yeah. right to Justin Jefferson in stride. And it's not like these 2 deep passes where Tyreek Hill has to like run backwards run 12 underneath. yards to go right. get it. And <laughs> these are just beautiful passes.
1: Dude, that looked effortless, seriously. And that was the thing that you brought up earlier, was that this was one of those games where he was getting drilled. And to throw that ball, knowing that you're going to get hit, that's tough. Once again, just oversetting. Oh, adding Ingram here. We're oversetting. And the problem is, too, you have to go man, right? And we've talked about this before. Like, this linebacker over here, over the left guard, yeah. he's the only guy that's not a known pass rusher. But the threat of him coming still, obviously, you have no running backs back here. So anybody coming through the A gaps is an instant threat. And then the B gaps and then the C gaps. So you have to 5 this. But see how they kind of drop him, but he doesn't go anywhere. It mm-hmm. kind of puts this, this old lineman in a bind, and that's why they're, people are able to get these matchups of these one-on-ones because you're looking at this, and you're like, well, what's the left guard doing, right? Well, you still have to respect that guy because if he does come, he is a huge threat, right? And mm-hmm. even if 31 were to come, the whole left side would probably have to squeeze. Actually, go back. Let's see. Hold on. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you call your protections. Go back a little bit.
0: <sighs> okay. And so what so, you're what you're saying here is on the left side, so Ezra Cleveland, I mean, this guy, you have to account for him. You always. have to account for him.
1: There's no running backs. So anybody in mm-hmm. the box is instantly accounted for, and then their threat is based on how close to the center they are. So if you're in the A gaps, you're an instant threat. If you're in the B gaps, you're the next biggest threat because that's the fastest line to the quarterback, right? And yeah. we're trying to keep the interior of the course super tight, super wide, super up front, give this guy enough room just to step up into a throw. But at the same time, this 31 right here, like everyone's kind of eyeing him and it depends on, and I don't know how they call their protections, but here we probably would have been like, Hey, five Oh, right. Because he's on the right side, see 31, see how he's mm-hmm. across. And remember when we talk about sides, the center is always neutral. Mm-hmm. So anything that says right side means the right side of the center. Cause he always has the ball or the left side is the left side of the center, but see how 31's to the right. If you'd say Dara we're going to say 5-0 left. You make him have to look all the way across the ball and get back to block. I don't know who that is. Say Montez Sweat. It's really not a fair thing to do to somebody. So instead what you do is you say, hey, right tackle. Since he's right in front of you and right guard, he's right in front of you and you guys can see him more naturally as you set back, we're going to go five zero right. So if he comes, even if he comes to the left side, he is instantly our guy. Why? Because there's no running backs. So if he comes – we have to shut it down. And that's why these become really tricky because you're doing two things at once. You're looking at somebody and you're setting somebody else. So you're basically looking at a guy that's six yards off the ball, trying to read whether he's coming or not before the ball snap. And this is why like paying attention during the game is really important. Does he have a mantra? Does he do something to smack his hands? Does he? jiggle his fingers, whatever he does. And what does he do after that? And if he and can you can, can you
0: pick those up on like you when can. you're watching film, that's kind of the stuff you're looking for, right?
1: That's always what you're looking for. You're looking for really yeah. detailed things. Where are his feet pointed? Where is his hand pointed? Which way is he facing? Which like a lot of times you'll see, like, look at the right, the right defensive end, right? See how he's got a huge stagger you know he's coming up the field. He can only go one way, straight up the field. You're talking about then,
0: over, here, over here by here uh, No, no, no other side, On the other, other side. side, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
1: See, that, that's a big stag. Like, he's only going one way. He's actually kind of leaning to the way he's showing you he's going. But then over here on the other side, it's not that big of a stagger. So you're looking at that like, okay, he's not coming off the ball as fast. So he's probably going to come off a little bit, maybe try and hit me with a bull rush, maybe try to overset me or get me to overset him a little bit. But these are all the things that go into it. And while you're doing all this, Everybody's looking at 31, right? It's yeah. sometimes it's really annoying because you have to respect him, but at the same time you almost think you know if he's coming or not, but you just like but that one time that I totally misread this. I'm going to get the quarterback smoked. So, so it wouldn't it's a lot. From a
0: from a quarterback perspective here and we'll run this so you can so you guys can see the sort of the the end zone look at this big play here, but so 31 here. I would think with with veteran quarterbacks and i will say kirk, kirk does not handle pressure and blitzing as well throughout his career as some of the other like 10-year veteran quarterbacks do it's been a pro- it's been a problem for him he just doesn't' I don't know, for whatever reason he just gets skittish or whatever but um but he is a veteran and he can and he can stick it to you once you invite in this situation when everyone's spread out once you invite 31 to join the party and try and Put some pressure on you because it means the middle of the field's wide open it just means that there's a there's there's there'll one be a more place can... moment
1: right there'll be a moment where the middle of that field becomes open and as long as mm-hmm. kurt looks over here to the right and was like hey give me that two-step quickie yeah mm-hmm. it'd be great but at the same time there's nothing wrong i mean whether he comes or not it really just becomes kirk's problem to know who's hot and when he becomes hot it's the receiver's responsibility to know i'm the hot receiver you know what yeah. i'm saying and that's why sometimes, yeah, it's great. If you have an like an offense that understands, like even this, see how he steps up there, 31? Mm-hmm. Like You're getting dangerously close to doing so it, it just puts a lot of pressure on a lot of people. But the right side of the line here, with these three bigs over here, you guys should be thinking get off the ball together. See how they're kind of all going out, which is fine, if you're confident enough to get out there. But Ed oversets. And with a quick hand swipe, and you're not balanced, and you're trying to see how his leg is straight right there, yeah. and he and Deron Payne is about to hit him with this quick inside move, yeah, you don't want to be there. You want to be more like Ooh. Bradbury. bent knee, right? I'm ready to move. I got my hands on him. It becomes trouble, especially because these big guys, when you're looking at him, I mean, you're looking at him in real time, and you're like, there's no way this guy can be this fast. There's, there's no way. You know, and then you I'm set gonna... up the ball and you're like, what the hell is this dude eating? My goodness.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give Ed Ingram credit on this play for not holding, to. for not holding, because he could have wiped out a 50-yard pass play if he would have got holdy and handsy right here, this right here. If he, if, if, and maybe he did hold a little bit here, but not enough to get called. You know, If you're going to get smoked, uh, you might as well let the play live on how it's going to live, I guess, unless your quarterback's about to fumble. Right, but but you don't yeah. know what's,
1: what's going on back there.
0: So Kirk gets he absolutely smoked. Here. Look, the
1: ball's up and he gets hit right in that rib kid You know that hurts.
0: Oh my gosh! Bam. But think about that defender just barreling in on you. And by the way, if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't him, fifty two's coming around here too. Kind of.
1: Well, this is the problem. D- he lulls. He lulls. Uh, Cleveland to sleep, which is very hard. Because remember, you want to go help your friends, but this guy's standing two yards away, and you're like, he hasn't yeah. committed, he's not doing anything, and I see my friends over here in trouble. What do I do? And I'm going to help my friends. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, and so I suppose this is this ball is probably coming out quick anyway. So if he's well, you're tap five dance, man
1: protection. The ball better be coming out quick.
0: Yeah. So if, if fifty two is going to tap dance there at the line of scrimmage, he's not. You got to go help your friends. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Break yeah. ribs, dude. Coach, and you stay so inside.
0: look at this freaking ball just right in mo in stride justin jefferson inside the 10-yard line pumped up look how fired up he is too right here primal scream primal sc- getting up primal off receiver. the turf mm. uh, just a thing of beauty i have another one here too just a kind of a, a tactical thing i'd love you to take a look at from the cardinals game so one of the things that my amateur football viewing uh, mind loves just watching these games from a fan perspective it's the it is the the illusion of complexity in the red zone where they're running they're they're running different personnel in certain spots but they're running the same the same concepts I guess like jet sweeps inside the 10 yard line all the time and sometimes they'll hand it to Jalen Rager, sometimes they'll hand it to Justin Jefferson. They've scored touchdowns on those plays. Sometimes they'll fake jet sweep, maybe fake a handoff to Dalvin, and then throw a pass to a tight end. Wide open Johnny Munt, I think, in this game, if I remember right. Uh, Here's another variation of, all right, we're going to put a guy in motion in the red zone here, and then you can talk us through this, but I'll just run this play at full speed to start with. So Jalen Rager across one way, coming back. Okay, we got some crisscrossing here. And then before they ran something similar, they did the crisscross, fake it to Dalvin, and then Johnny Munt broke wide open for a touchdown reception in the red zone. Isn't and it here, crazy how
1: many plays you can come off of one play? Look at that. And
0: then Dalvin gets in. And this is probably the better the better view right here. But
1: I love these Y-hides. If run properly, you can break open the defense because what happens is when you run this Y-hide, the great thing about it is, number one, like you said, the, the creativity of simplicity. Like When you get into the red zone, you've shortened the field down a lot, so it really becomes easier for the defense to kind of close windows faster. So the more you can have them thinking and running around or even pausing, like a lot of times the coaches do this kind of stuff is they want people to freeze. I want you to freeze right there. So if you have two guys crisscrossing and at the same time a third guy following, it's kind of like everyone gets caught in this who has the ball, what's going on, and so they just mm-hmm. kind of panic for a moment. But what's great about these plays, especially with these Y hides where you'll see Irv Smith over here off the ball, is you get the offensive line running, right? And you get these big boys up front running, and you tell them the offensive line, hey, listen, you're going to push it. Normally what you do is you would push it to a guy number five, right? So you're going to go out, right guard, right and center are going to work up to five, right guard, right tackle are working to the mic. You basically – See twenty, see how he's going across. He's man with Rager, so he's out of the picture. So this twenty right here, yeah. Yeah, and you could even straighten it up, but I always enjoy when they had angles, right? Like most and people probably don't know what I mean by this, but like when you push the offensive line to number five, you're making a, you're creating a better angle. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were to draw a line from Bradbury to five, it would have a, it would have a sweet angle on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's run this here so you can see the.
1: But they don't. They they straighten it up. So they basically tell Darisaw and Cleveland, we want you to go to the closest backer. We're going to have Irv Smith come back and hit this defensive end. And if you've done properly, it can create a huge wedge. Because look at Darisaw. See how he's climbing. Ezra's got Allen, Zach Allen. And then all of a sudden Irv Smith comes back. And this defensive end, while he's looking at this handoff exchange, and he's probably not thinking Kirk's going to keep it, he doesn't really see Irv Smith till the last second. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that he doesn't feel Irv or he doesn't know he's coming, but there's a lot to process if you're 52, right? Who's got the ball? Is he handing it off? Is it a pass? Oh, by the way, I'm about to get smoked from the left side. Like That's just a lot going on. And then, oh, by the way, where they're handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook, who I probably can't tackle by myself. See what I'm saying? And it just sets up a perfect block for Irv to come right through here and just chop it out. Now, number nine is clearly not ready for anything because he overruns the entire thing. (laughs) So here's (laughs) my dude. My dude actually gets in the way of somebody else on his own team. (laughs) Look, he gets in the way of the safety. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why'd the tight end come back here? Clearly not to get the ball, stupid. So number Show nine, up. yeah, so
0: number nine starts out over here. All right, let's watch his let's just watch his journey on this play, okay? Well,
1: he's he's got Irv man to man. So the minute he sees Irv go back, he probably thinks it's a pass. And this is another thing. See how he's got direct eyes on Irv? He doesn't even know that Dalvin has the ball. Yeah. He's right next to him.
0: So is, like, he, is he supposed to probably keep an eye on Irv and who has the ball? I don't I'm know, guessing. maybe have some
1: clue as to what's going on in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a football player. You, you should probably pay attention a little bit.
0: Yeah, look at that. Just beautiful. Look, and He then, literally
1: runs right by the hole, and look at Buddha. Buddha's, like, in disgusted with him. Like, you got to be kidding me. This guy.
0: Amazing, man. And by the way, God, Darasaw <laughs> is just, Darasaw is a house. Just bl- <laughs> Look at bro. this. Just smothering. You, this, look at this Darisaw wall right sure. here. Look at this. Your boy's going to make the
1: Pro Bowl for sure.
0: He's, yeah, he's one of the best left tackles no in question. the league. Is he and, an um, all pro? He might make the all pro, dude. I don't know about that. I feel
1: like to be an all pro, a lot of that is your name in the years in the league. But I would say that Darisaw is actually playing so well that it's bringing Ezra up. Like, I know this last game was tough, and, dude, everybody's allowed to have a tough game, like, where you just kind of go out and you're like, I just didn't have it. I, you know, I fought my ass off, but I got kicked a little bit. For the most part, those two on the left side have been solid all year, and I think that that's one of those things that sits back in Kirk's mind, like, listen, no matter what, these guys will have my back. Like, the left tackle will have my back. That is a huge booster, huge confidence booster.
0: Yes, so there you go, man. There's, uh, there's refs taking out safeties. Football. You got Derrissaw taking out linebackers. Just linebackers
1: having no clue what's uh, going on. Look at him yeah. looking in there. What? He had the <laughs> ball. He did my quad. <laughs> um, kidding. I'm kidding.
0: we, we also, we also should do a dumb football question here before we wrap this show up oh, okay. where Maybe I it ask you stupid. a dumb football question and professor Boone answers to the, to the best of his ability. So here's my question. Mm. Will hiring Jeff Saturday fix the Colts?
1: Oh my gosh! Sick.
0: No coaching experience. Are you ready? He's, for He's he's pretty great on ESPN. he he's carved out a nice little media career the last couple of years. Oh, is he it's a good job? Yeah. Is,
1: is it is it an, is it really cush when you sit in a nice air conditioned room and they feed you Skittles when you're hungry? Give you a little Mountain <laughs> Dew, dude. I think that is the biggest slap in the face to everybody in this league, to just bring in an analyst from ESPN and be like, this guy was a good player. Nobody gives a shit. I'm going to be honest with you. If you brought that guy into my team halfway through the season and you were like, I swear we're not tanking, I would throw a desk at you. Like, And people don't get it, but that's somebody's year on their career that they're like, just gone, wasted. We're not going to the playoffs. We're not going to the Super Bowl. And you want me to stay here and be super hyped up and excited. And you just hired some Yahoo from ESPN who's going to hire his best friend who stepped out of the end zone as a quarterback one time. Like, there's just so much that goes on with it. And then it's this constant, like, as a player, there's no question that I have a ton of respect for Jeff Saturday and what he did. Like, he was an awesome player, fun dude to watch, cool dude to meet. But when you come in in an NFL team and you're like out of nowhere, like you can't tell me I'm talking out of my ass right now. Like there's got to be a lot of people that are like, this is out of control. Like you just brought some random dude in out of nowhere to be your head coach. And you don't even have anybody that can call the plays. You fired your OC, you fired your head coach, and now you're calling up the quarterback's coach to be your OC. And you want everybody to buy into this. It's this constant like you have to buy into the team. Well, at what point is a guy allowed to be like, hey, I'm out. I'm sorry. This was not in my contract. I didn't know that we were bringing old guys back in here out of nowhere who have zero coaching experience, who have no idea how serious this job becomes. Because think about it. You have 53 guys like me looking at you on Sunday like, yo, what's the answer? And if you don't don't spit something out of your mouth within a breath, I'm going to throw a Gatorade bottle at you. Because it's an extremely high-pressure situation. Things aren't going right. Maybe somebody's half a step off, and you're trying to figure out who it is. And all of a sudden, you're looking over. And I'm like, Jeff, what are we doing? Uh, boy, I'm just learning names over here. <laughs> you're Carl. <laughs> it's a, You're Pete. Sorry. I'm Jeff. Are you Brad? Right? right? Who's the GM?
0: Ch- Channing, right? Yeah.
1: Like, dude, okay. tell me if I'm wrong, but is this not the most idiotic thing you've ever heard of in your life? And I don't care if it does end well; it still has the making to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And at I some th- point, as a player, you have to be like, dude, that's enough.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, getting your point of view is is fascinating <laughs> here because I, I think if you, if I were another coach on that staff, if I had, let's say, I, I'm an assistant coach, and I'm, or I'm, maybe I'm a former player and an assistant coach, so I've done I've done both. So Reggie I got done Wayne. playing and Reggie Wayne's on that staff. Who you by the way good. has just as much credibility in terms of like career accolades. He time was up. on all those teams.
1: Time out. We're not we're not really gonna put Reggie Wayne down there, are we? I mean, Reggie Wayne was like that dude for mm-hmm. a whole long time. Like, I get it that being a great offensive lineman is cool. But being a great receiver is even cooler. And a guy that never really trash talked anybody that just kind of went out there and had sweet hands. Like, you're just like, dude, this guy was – and he's an assistant coach on the team, and he totally gets bypassed for a guy who's working at ESPN. Like, you can't tell me he didn't go into that locker room and just break everything. Like, I got passed up? Yeah. I got passed up? <laughs> Yeah. What? I've been I've been grinding through all this work. I've been making copies and highlighting words and drawing routes and running scout teams. And this guy shows up day one and he's the HC head dog. What? There's no way he's okay with that. No way.
0: Yeah. And I know you and you brought up with the Vikings last year that there are some times throughout the years where it's like, all right, are the are the Wilfs around much? Are they in New Jersey? Kind of where where are they? And so you don't want absentee owners, but kind of feels to me like Jim Irsay has just gotten in the driver's seat. He's grabbing the wheel with... Jim Irsay's got hands on 10-2 and two here, and he did this hour-long press conference, and he's he's talking about how me and Chris, Chris Ballard, the GM, like, me and Chris, and we decided this. It's like, well, okay. what's really happening? You're making decisions as an owner, and, and Chris is going along with them because he doesn't want to get fired, probably. Exactly, right? so it's just, That's
1: exactly what it is. He's like, hey, let's bring in Jeff. Chris is probably like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah uh who uh, dude, the, the guy that played here like 20 years ago um uh time out time out jim jim explain this to me why this sounds like a good idea to you because like, i'm the owner duh <laughs> <laughs> you're so right i'm so fired either way <laughs> i'm getting cut either way dude sure sounds great bro probably telling us like pack up get the kids moved out let's, let's roll re-enroll in schools We're out no I'm, right. i mean dude I I don't know who's going to get kicked out of the league first. Snyder or Irsay now. Because this, I mean, you know all those owners are scratching their head like, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's bringing guys in out of nowhere, midseason. What do you say? I just want to know. And maybe I'm the only one that's like being a Debbie Downer. I just want to know what you say day one when you come in. Hey, guys. I'm Jeff. I'm your new coach. We've never met. They tried to get me to coach here a couple times. I said no. But now that I get to be the head dog, I'm your guy. Like, what do you? What, what's what's that confidence booster speech?
0: Well, he did do an introductory press conference. I think it was today. I didn't. And I, didn't I just I, I saw a right couple time. clips, and he and because the reporters were asking him, "Hey, you don't have any experience as a coach," and he was kind of snapping back at the reporters oh. and saying, "Which oh, by heard, the way, like, go it, he was essentially mm-hmm. saying." I, I may not have coached before, but I am I know how to lead men. And I've been in locker rooms for championships. I've been around Hall of Famers. I know what great GMs look like. I know what great coaches look like. And, he, and then he said, you know what? Maybe I'll suck at this thing. And after eight games, I suck and I'll move on and do something else. I don't know if I want to hear the maybe I'll suck at this thing halfway through a season in which they're still trying to make the – that sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's ridiculous. they're still trying to make the playoffs in kind of a weird division, right? It's Just, I don't know, man. I'm kind of with you on this. It just feels it feels weird, and it's weird to, I mean, all these guys. I mean, think about like Eric Bieniemy, for instance. And I get that you can't just pluck him off the chief staff midseason, but like right. Eric Bieniemy is 53 years old. He's a former NFL player. Uh, he's he's been one of the top offensive coordinators with Andy Reid, and like in. At the end of the day, I think I think Eric Bieniemy might just be he he. Speaking of red asses, like he'll he's really hard nosed, and and there's been some things with him and Mahomes on the sidelines. So I don't know if he'll be a great head coach, but he deserves a chance before Jeff Saturday. Right.
1: That's so every time we
0: elevate it, just, we're just Jeff Saturday is just going to be a coach. Eric Bieniemy, right. Reggie Wayne. Well, it's um. um the Rooney
1: Rule is going to definitely jump in. Somebody's going to jump in here and go, "This is bullshit. You can't just." Mid-season, not even hire a coach from college or pros. Like, you can't just go hire some CEO from Apple because he's great at managing a company. This isn't what this is. This is a football game. And that's why I heard uh, the one clip I did see, because I didn't even waste my time with this nonsense. But I heard Iris was talking about, like, coaches nowadays are afraid. Yeah, they're afraid of you guys. They're so afraid to make mistakes because they know when they do, you're going to just chap the shit out of their ass. All day. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Tell me why you did this. Hey, uh, maybe because we are in the middle of a football game, bro. Like, they're constant. And then he's like, coaches are afraid. I don't think they really are afraid anymore. I think if anything, coaches are more innovative now. And they're like, oh, you know what? I'll give you the best example. The Commanders game. They, they ran one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Like a triple, triple toss, whatever, right? And he throws it way out of bounds. And they all start laughing. And they're kind of like – and then they went to – what's the OC's name? He was here. Scott Turner. And he's up in the box, and he's kind of laughing. And you're like, dude, do they totally just – Run the worst play possible, but just to see if it would work. Like, coaches now will throw anything out there to be like, dude, let's see if it works. Look at that yeah. play. Remember when Amari Cooper, a couple, what was it that Monday night game against Cincinnati, when they did that triple reverse to him and he threw the ball? It was horrible. Yeah. I think it was an interception. And he's like, I really just would take that back. Like, coaches are more not afraid than ever because they're like, people want to see crazy things. Let's give it to them. Like, mm-hmm. this is what coaches have wanted. They, especially the younger generation of coaches are like, dude, the wheels are off. We can do whatever and just blame it on the fact that we're trying to be creative, but, right?
0: And they don't care as much about media criticism.
1: They don't, which is great. It shows me as a player, you don't care what anyone on the outside thinks. Dude, I like you even more. If you can mm-hmm. shut the outside world out like we can, you're cool with us. Come over here. But it's when you're constantly bringing up these blips of like, you know, uh, like coaches used to say like, you know, I'm not – not reading the tabloids, but people are putting them in my the locker. You're like, so you're reading them. Yeah, you <laughs> Or they would like post them up in the room and be like, "Can you believe somebody came and post these up? Like, dude, I saw you walk out five minutes ago. I taped
0: <laughs> you, t- you taped it up there. <laughs> I was cutting me. that what? out of the newspaper earlier. Right. It's the coaches <laughs>
1: that are like, they come in, they're just completely oblivious to the outside world. They're like, dude, what, what's going on? They hate us. Who cares? Who cares they hate us? Right. You're working, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go work. You're like, yeah, all right, this guy's cool, but. For him to say that coaches are afraid and to be like, you know, Jeff's not going to be afraid. I'm telling you right now, he's already got bolt in the bull material for the Oakland Raiders. Cause he's out there tweeting how bad they suck. And if I'm on the Raiders, I'm like, dude, I don't care how we win this game. We're winning this damn game. We're going to go out here and I might like get in a fight with this dude on the sidelines. Like, this is why, this is why this was just a bad decision. Right i never thought
0: about that angle. So let's. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to pull up his his Twitter account because because he's been in the he's been right. in the media the last few think years. Think of he's all got, the he's people
1: got, he's criticized. Think of got all got the Colts players, dude. Think if he talked about any of the Colts players. Like in his mind, I guarantee you, he went back and was like, "History. Have I said anything bad in the last four years?"
0: Uh, yeah, man. look at this. So here you nailed. So a couple weeks ago, October 30th, Raiders look horrible. Something wrong with my fantasy stats says Devonte Adams has zero for zero in the first half. You know, face palm emoji. So, Devonte Adams, can you imagine current coaches? Oh. Like, if, oh, go, go Kevin O'Connell's Twitter account is just like, oh, the Packers are terrible. <laughs> you just, that's it's, why, it's so out of context.
1: It is out of context. But at the same time, when you step into this world and you step into this coaching world, everything you do is up for grabs, right? And that's why I think this is just a bad decision. Like, you got bulletin board material for the first week you become the head coach. You got your own team looking at you. Like, what are we doing? The play caller. Like, there's just – and I know I give a lot of coaches a ton of crap. And I do because it's kind of fun, right? Because I don't have any coaches anymore. Yeah. But there are a lot of them that were just geniuses at what they did. And they took them 50 years to learn things and to understand things and figure out things. Like, I'm thinking about guys like when I went to Arizona and Tom Moore was on staff – And I was like, my God, I've been watching Tom Moore on TV since I was a little kid. And you go up to him and you're like, and you think now about how, like, Jeff Saturday probably passed up how many guys like that in this league that have been in here for 40 years have grinded through so much tape, film, could tell you every single defense ever created, why the blitzes were created. I think of guys like Tom Rathman, who gave me the best blitz presentation ever every single week the most detailed and would sit there for 12 16 hours a day and just break down film because he wanted us to know things and it pisses me off because i remembered those dudes grinding while we were grinding you had a great appreciation for him like these dudes care as much as we do and then here comes this slapstick off the street in some suit like dude i'm not getting the vibe anymore it's like almost like and then you go out and you're like coaches are afraid like no they're not and if they are they're more afraid of you than anything because you guys don't even know what you're doing
0: I'm, I am would love to know what F- Frank Reich, who has put together a nice career as a and coach in NFL. And a great dude from what I hear. And, and the owner basically just called him afraid, right? That's pretty much what he said. He didn't dude. He didn't directly say it, but, man, there's, oh but,
1: but I think Frank, and the things I've heard about him, is he's such a great dude. The, I, I think that he's just going to ride off in the sunset and be like, hey, man, best of luck to y'all. But you yeah, know he's probably and, at home like, dude, there's no way they're going to do anything.
0: And he's been given, you know, think about, okay and I'm trying to think quarterback problems was he given like broken Philip Rivers too because he was given here are here your quarterbacks there you go broken Matt Ryan broken Carson Wentz broken Philip Rivers and uh, you got to go make some chicken salad out of that
1: Jacoby Brissett. I'm not saying Jacoby's a bad quarterback but at the same time when you go from Andrew Luck to Jacoby we're he's just a a little bit of a drop-off right yeah and that's why like you feel bad for these coaches and you're like coaches are afraid and you're like well you really didn't give them much to use. You're right. You gave him a broken Philip Rivers. He took you to the playoffs. Then you got what? Carson Wentz after that and then after that you got Matt Ryan and you benched him week 6. Like you you stuck a knife in him and you were like he's done for the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's not a lot. That's not I mean it's I don't know. He's probably the stuff, only man. person that's just ragged on this whole thing. But it just drives no, me nuts. I think about all these old coaches and I'm like, man, you know what? As much as I gave that dude a ton of mess, the dude was awesome. He knew a lot about the game and he was great when it came to players and he was great when it came to the room and he knew the vibe really well. And it's just you're bringing a guy in off the streets that doesn't even know this team, doesn't know anything about anybody. That has to be the most dangerous yet chaotic situation you've ever heard of. You don't know what he's going to say to these guys. He doesn't know. You don't know if he's going to piss these guys off in the first five minutes. At least if you hire from within, you know. Like, you could go to the guys and be like, hey, listen, Frank's not working. Talk to me. Who do we want? Right? Who are we bringing up? Who are we thinking? Not like, hey, guys, we got you. We're bringing them all the way in from Bristol.
0: All right? Roll <laughs> he's bringing the red He's carpet. bringing Ryan Clark, Dan right? Orlovsky, and Mike Greenberg. He's bringing, oh. he's bringing Stephen A. Smith's going to be Brady. the defensive coordinator. Greeny, you better get on those
1: analytics, guys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> football. <laughs> bring, him, bring Stephen A. Smith. Bring hey. Stephen A. to run plays. Let's do it.
1: Right. Oh my God, he's up in the booth. Stephen A. is looking down, like, oh, <laughs> where's Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I just, we, we give them a lot of mess but they suck and they uh-huh.
0: So. All right, well, uh, there's your trenches episode here, folks. I don't know what more you want from us. Breaking down know, film, right? ripping Jeff Saturday, Dude, celebrating cars. the Vikings.
1: Watching, car, I can't move it. Bear Bear's watching cars over there. Oh,
0: you're watching cars over there. Little oh. no, man
1: wasn't feeling good today.
0: Oh, poor I guy. I
1: don't think he's moved since I turned it on. He
0: just passed out.
1: He <laughs> is. He's like, oh, I love him. He's
0: my guy. Uh, he's Alex Boone, ten plus year NFL vet. Uh, Phil Mackey trenches with Boone here on Purple Daily, the YouTube channel. Please click subscribe and the like button. And also, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple, that would be great as well. We'll see you guys next week splash
1: weather repel premium windshield wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain sleet, snow and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine it keeps you seeing safely all year long pick up some at walmart today see
0: safely on the road when you apply a little splash